Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Why hello and welcome to the Second Tier Podcast. I'm Ryan Dilks and I'm joined by the Jonathan Woodgates to my Itokaranka. It's Justin Peach. Are we talking playing days or managerial days? Because We're talking about managerial, how one of us is not very exciting but efficient while the other one is just fucking useless. <laughs> okay. Right. Managers right. everywhere, Justin, are under pressure. There's so much pressure going around. Let's start off with one where the pressure has got too much to hold anymore. I don't know where I'm going with this. No, it's no, Nathan no. Jones. Okay. Nathan Jones has been sacked at Stoke. Yes. Not too much of a surprise? No. We said last week that he needed a result against was it Millwall? And obviously it didn't come. Um, he picked up two wins on the bounce and then picked up two defeats on the bounce and uh, that was probably the nail in the coffin for him they needed to pick up a couple of draws in that in that time because obviously they're losing games um, confidence wasn't there start of play was there but it just wasn't clicking yeah yeah it's, I, it's hard to argue that it's the wrong call really isn't it mm. as you say they had that false dawn where they beat yeah. Swansea and Fulham well, as you said, the performances have been good. They've just struggled to put the ball in the back of the net, really. And they can't defend. And they can't defend. In terms of the underlying data, they've been performing more like a top-half side than mm. a bottom-of-the-table team. It's very weird, but it's good news for the next manager because yeah. when the data does look like that, the club tend to move up the table eventually. Yeah, and you'd hope that they bring in a manager who's of a similar style to Nathan Jones. What I'm getting at is, please don't appoint Tony Pulis. We'll get onto that in a sec. But whoever comes in, it looks like you'd expect them to pull away from relegation. And it's quite an attractive job, really, I think. Because it's a big wage that you're going to get. You've got some experienced players there. And providing you pull away from the bottom end of the table, the expectations there are pretty low. Probably at the moment, but I, I imagine if Stoke put together a run of form, which they're capable of doing because they've got the place to do it, then expectations will start to rise again. But no, no, I, I don't think that's true. I think this season is a write-off now. It's, it's a bit of a free hit, providing the, the, the new manager, his task will be to avoid relegation at this point. Mm-hmm. And then if they do that, finish as high as possible afterwards. Yeah, but let's say there's a new manager bounce. They win two or three games on the trot. They get to January, they're in a health, a much healthier position, bring in a couple of players, get a few players off the wage bill, which they're continually doing. 
I think I don't think playoffs is out of the question in in this in this division where really? I think it's Derby who are only six points off the automatic from um, places and they're way down in sixteenth. It's a, it's a tighter league than it has been. And I think it's a, there's always a team that comes up with a run of form that comes out of nowhere. I can't see that happening at all. I think the season's just too far gone. I mean, yeah, well, you had a go at me a couple of weeks ago when I said Huddersfield could potentially have a go at the playoffs. I might think that they can now. <laughs> uh, the other positive as well is whoever does come in with the season for me being a write-off, it gives them a bit more time to mould the squad <clears throat> in their way, potentially for a push at promotion next season. To be honest, <clears throat> it's, it's a weird one because I thought that would be the case last season and it, and it didn't work out. You know, Stoke weren't too far off the playoffs, but expectations had gone from walking the league to maybe getting in the playoffs. Results and performances weren't there. Um, I think there's a lot more pressure than you're making out. When you think of, when you think of, on the other side of the scale, the financial side of things, they've only got one more season of parachute p- payments, which is next season. They've got, I don't think they've got many players in the squad that they can sell on for big fees, performances-wise at the moment. No one's going to pick any of them players up. So I think they're in a, a harsher position than maybe you might think. I think the next manager, whoever it is, next season will be relying on free transfers and loans. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Nathan Jones didn't have anywhere near the budget Gary Rout had last season. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, Stoke did get in contact with Preston to ask for permission to speak to Alex Neal. Mm. That was refused, although one media outlet claimed he was set to leave imminently and join Stoke. At the time of recording, he's still the odds-on favourites, but I can't see it happening. It would well, be a very weird move, wouldn't it? For Alex Neal, Preston are in a much better position than Stoke probably have ever been over the last five years. Their recruitment is loads better. OK, one's been in the Championship, one's been in the Premier League at that time, but Preston, they know what they're doing. Stoke don't. They've got no backroom <coughs> sorry no backroom structure in the sense of a you know recruitment side of things technical director whatnot it's just not there compared to the structure Preston have yeah I don't right. know why you leave you're absolutely right Preston have no debt financially they're very secure mm. squad's better <laughs> there's a good atmosphere at the club Stoke the only thing Alex Neal would benefit from would be a big wage yeah, and he doesn't strike me as a, a manager that's swayed by that particularly. No, and if he gets Preston promoted to the Premier League, he's bound to get a big wage coming his way soon anyway. So, mm. uh, other names being mentioned include Chris Hewton. Can't see that happening. Yeah. Jose Gomez. Weird. That would be a crap appointment. Yeah. David Moyes. Can't see that either. It leaves us with one man, Justin. Tony Pulis. <sighs> get him in. It's, it'd be such a bad appointment. One, Stoke don't have the, that type of player there anymore to play that style of football. It'll take Tony Pulis a while to get what he needs out of it. Um, and I think football's past Tony Pulis by now. He'd keep Pulis. Stoke up though, wouldn't he? Any any half-decent manager would keep that team up. From what I've seen from various news sources, it seems... Pulis is unlikely at this stage, but if managers keep turning them down, then he could emerge. It's a good job, and there are a lot of good managers out there, even if they have to go to 
a manager at another club. Um, there are good ones out there. There are better ones out there than Pulis. Um, just don't go don't go down the easy route in reappointing Pulis because I don't think Stoke will get relegated. Do it. No, I can't. I will get him refuse in. Refuse to watch them. I don't want to watch a team that has Pulis as a manager. Nobody does. Exactly. But he gets results. Mm. Unless he's at Middlesbrough. Mm. Let's go to a manager who has lost his job to a manager who could lose his job. It's Fulham Mill Hall 3. Fulham were absolutely dire. Yep. Possibly the worst home performance <clears throat> from any team in the Championship this season. Yeah. They were an abomination. And the scoreline flatters them, really. They could have easily lost this by at least mm-hmm. five. Yeah. Scott Parker to go. Um, I think they need a more experienced manager in. I've said this, I've been yeah. saying this all season. Yeah, you have, to your credit. Mm. They're not gelling. Um, the football's too pedestrian. There's not enough oomph going forward. There's seventy-five percent possession yesterday. Ridiculous. Seven hundred twenty-five passes to Hall's two hundred forty-seven, and Hall scored three goals and could have scored more with a quarter of the ball. Ridiculous. I asked a few Fulham fans on Twitter mm-hmm. if uh, they think Scott Parker should go. Grant says he's holding the team back from what they should be accomplishing. Yeah. GKC says his philosophy will get us relegated. Mm-hmm. Maybe a bit dramatic. Yeah. <laughs> Thomas says clueless, ridiculous subs, no backup plan, nowhere near good enough to take us up. They are eighth, five points off the top. So it's yeah. not the end of the world, is it? It isn't, but... It- they, they should be doing much better. They should be scoring more. They mm. should be keeping more out. We uh, we said at the start of the season they needed to improve their defence. They didn't really do that. Um, I think a, I think this Fulham team needs a bit more in midfield now as well because there's not enough goals coming from that area as well. Knockouts only got a, a couple of goals this season other than Mitrovic and a bit of help from Cavaliero. There's not much elsewhere. Not even from the substitutes. No, no. Joe Bryan went off injured in this Mm -hmm. game and it looks like it could be quite serious. Just to add even more bad news to Fulham's uh, schedule. They're in real trouble if he's missing because he's the only one in that Fulham defence who deserves any praise this season really, isn't he? Yeah, and they don't have a decent right back, in my opinion. No. Um, Well, they might have to play Sessegnon at left back now. The, might, who, who actually plays left back is up in the air. It looks like it yeah. might be Lamarchand, but he's not great. And yeah, the goal, one of the goals was his fault um, mm. yesterday as well. But yeah. yeah, not it's not good. Yeah, all credit to Hall though. Yeah, this yeah, is yeah, a yeah. massive result and a huge shock. This is the weekly section in the show now where we praise Jared Bowen. Yes, I'll be shocked if he's at Hall next season. I'll be shocked if he's at Hall in the second half of the season. Well. That's one of the main concerns that we have about Hull, isn't it? Yeah. Because I keep discounting Hull as just a bottom half side, maybe even relegation candidates. Yeah. But they're sneaking up the table. I've, three I've wins. Them as well. yeah. yeah. Three wins from the last three now. Only three points off the top six. Mm-hmm. Playoff push out the question? It, it's it's a weird one. They're they're a counter attacking team. They've scored five goals from counter attacks this season, which is the the league's best. And they've gone under the radar. So credit to Grant McCann because I had no faith in him and neither did you. No, no. Um, And as you said, three wins on the bounce. And to make that even more impressive, it's uh, one, one was against Forest and one was against Fulham. Yeah. I, um, I can't see them getting into top six. I, maybe not, but they can certainly be one of those teams that are in and around. And who knows, if they're in and around it in January, Bowen might, well, 
if Bowen if Bowen stays around, then <clears> that's a massive help. But I still think it'll be a bridge too far. Yeah, they're in good form, aren't they? And I think it is just a good run of form. If I'm being quite cynical about it, it is. But they're starting to find their feet into yeah. it. As I'm saying, and like so the style of play wise, yeah, the style of play wise, they're scoring goals on counter attacks, and there are a lot of teams in this division that play possession football. So they're going to keep scoring goals, going to keep getting results. Yeah, absolutely. Another manager who's in a bit of peril is Jonathan Woodgate. His side, Middlesbrough, lost 2-0 to Derby after Tom Lawrence scored both of them. Quickly touch on Derby. Tom Lawrence, from the perspective of Derby fans, Mm -hmm. is an incredibly frustrating player. Yes. But every so often he'll have games like this where he is just absolutely fantastic. I, I, when Derby signed Lawrence, I thought we were getting the player that we saw at Ipswich Town, where he was unplayable at times. Mm, he's a one-man team. Yeah, um, and he's been nowhere near that. But as you say, there are times where he he comes up good. Um, Huddersfield start uh, first game of the season, he was incredible. A couple of games at the back end of last season, um, especially against Leeds, he was he was quality again. And obviously, to, uh, yesterday against Borough, he was he was outstanding. He, he, he's played, he's much better in a number ten role because he has no responsibility, positional responsibility. He can just float around as and when, and he's a lot better in that sense hmm. than he is on the left, which is where he's played majority of his football. Yeah, that was the thing. Monte Derby changed to a diamond <clears throat> yeah. uh, yesterday, so it will be interesting to see how that works out for the rest of the season. But mm-hmm. they looked a lot better. Because we've said plenty of times, yeah. Derby haven't really had a good performance yet this season. Mm-hmm. That was a good performance yesterday, but against a Middlesbrough team who were terrible. They they were terrible, but it's a, it's a Middlesbrough team that hadn't conceded in three games. So mm-hmm. for Derby to break him down is is is, is pretty good going. And the, the first goal, especially where they worked it through the middle. Oh yeah, they played. They were playing a three man. Uh, Middlesbrough were playing three at the back, and it's it's, it's an incredibly difficult formation to. To break down and the way they cut through him, the movement, the passing was really good. Um, but as you say, Bora, Bora, they were god awful. Yeah. It's the worst Bora team I've seen since Strachan brought down the SPL All Stars. <laughs> yeah, George Savile getting sent off early on doesn't help things. But the Bora plays didn't look arsed in this game. There was there was no one f- that it sounds critical, but that comes from the manager. Teams are, it's stereotypical to say teams are at 10 men are, it's very difficult to break down but Borough yesterday Derby cut through them so easily they could if if they're against a team like I don't know QPR or not maybe not Leeds but a team that scores goals freely it'd have been 5 or 6 easily mm, yeah yeah. the keeper was unreal Ainsley Pierce. yeah Woodgate under huge amounts of pressure more so than Parker yeah I asked our lovely listeners again for their thoughts on Twitter. <clears throat> Chris says Woodgate is totally out of his depth. Yeah. If he stays, we'll be relegated. Yeah. Ben says the project quite clearly isn't working. Steve Gibson needs to act quickly, otherwise we'll be in League One. Did say at the start of the season, Woodgate is the cheap option. Mm-hmm. He was a gamble. It's not working. No, n- he needs to get gone soon, doesn't he? Yeah, uh, absolutely is. He's been playing a poor PR game this week as well. Yeah, I was going to bring that up. Uh, Jonathan Woodgate thinks the league table is lying. No. I'm sorry, Jonathan. You're wrong. They, the, scored, they scored eight goals this season. Yeah, all the statistical data shows Borough deserve to be exactly where they are yeah. in the table. Yeah, no, no question. And 
this is a Borough team who haven't got much money, so there is that angle to it. He was not given a good hand, no. but he's playing that hand absolutely terribly. Yeah, the, he probably, rather than diving straight into this attacking football that he promised, he should have phased it through, sticking more more or less to what Pulis was doing, and then slowly easing that out rather than diving straight into one style of play then going to another because it wasn't working hmm. that's been his downfall this season it doesn't look like the players know what they need to be doing they changed formation twice yesterday style of play they were the first 10 minutes they pressed really high and then they dropped off and then yeah. Derby got the goal Yeah, they, 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 they strike of a team that lacks leadership all the way through it yeah, let's go to the Valley. Charlton nil, Preston one. Paul Gallagher got the goal for the visitors. Preston, on top. First time since Billy Davis was in charge, I think. Is it? Yes. That is a fantastic start. And that is a long time ago as well. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we were very concerned about their away form. They'd only won once away from home before this game. But if they get a few more wins on the board away from home, then I see no reason why this Preston team can't go up automatically. Absolutely, Alex Neil nailed it in his post-match presser, saying that they, the way they mixed the style of play up, they went a bit more direct today, and you know, at home, goals-wise and results-wise, they play good football at home. But as you say, going away from home, they need to improve results, and they did that today. They're a bit more structured, less, I'd say, adventurous than they might have looked at home, and uh, obviously more direct. And it worked in their favour, and they they got a result against the Charlton team, who are on a fairly decent run of form themselves and are fairly good at home. So, yeah, it's a great result. And one, I think, as I say, style of play-wise, should kick them on. Yeah, I've seen loads of people who have dismissed them as a club who will fall away as the season goes on, but I don't think they will. said that every week last season with Sheffield United. I I generally thought they'd fall away Mm. and and they never did and that was credit to them. And I think Preston have got an air of that. Again, Alex Neal said it it's post-match pressure. Teams that work hard tend to do a lot better than teams that have an air of arrogance about yeah. them. But they're, they're kind of similar to that Sheffield United team, aren't they? Yeah. Because they're a unit. Mm-hmm. It's not, for example, Fulham, where you've got some talented individuals. It's 11 players who are working hard for each other. Everyone knows the game. Everyone knows what they're doing. Yeah. And it's still early on in the season, but I'll be very surprised if they don't finish in the top six at least... And it wouldn't surprise me if they are in the mix for automatic promotion at the end mm-hmm. of the season. Well, Preston of old, they they have some good runner form, then they tail off with some really bad runner form, um, and that's that's been the difference with them. They've never been as as we mentioned earlier on. They've never been sort of competing at the top this early on in the season. They've always had poor starts. This is a different pressing team than more, one we've seen before. Hmm. Daniel Johnson went off injured in this game, which is a big concern mm-hmm. because, as I say, even though Preston are a unit <clears throat> and don't rely on individuals as much as other sides, he's been one of the best players in the league this season, hasn't he? Yeah, absolutely. You know, he got pelters. I think Preston fans were happy to see him be sold in the, in the summer, but credit to Alex Neal for turning that around because he's turned into a quality number 10. Hmm. Yeah. Charlton... A rather poor f- performance from them. Mm-hmm. They had only four shots. Well, they had four shots in the first 15 minutes, but then they only had another four shots yeah. in the rest of the game. And Declan Rudd wasn't particularly challenged at any point. Yeah. It's, again, 
just back on the pressure with Declan Rudd, I think that would be the difference for them finishing the automatics. I think they need another keeper. I'm, yeah. not, I'm not convinced at all by Declan Rudd, and that last five minutes in that game showed that. And as you say, Charlton didn't really threaten. No. And they should have played played to the strength to that strength a little bit, in the sense that Declan Rudd is not assured as a goalkeeper. I don't think. Yeah. Well. Charlton won win in their last six now. They've had some tricky games yeah. in that time and got a couple of decent results, but they could really do with Lyle Taylor returning ASAP, couldn't they? Mm-hmm. And he is meant to be coming back soon, so we'll have to wait and see. Yeah. Wigan won Swansea 2. Sam Surridge scoring the winner in the 92nd minute. Swansea a joint top after mm-hmm. this result. Someone on Twitter said Swansea were the luckiest team in the league. <laughs> I think that's a debate for another day, but they yes. were lucky in this game, weren't they? They were. Wigan were a lot better um, in this game than they have been, than, I, than I've seen them all season. They've created a lot more chances. They still confuse me as a team. I don't know what style of play Wigan. they want to play. Yeah, they're, they're direct, but they don't have the players to play that. But back onto Swansea, it's a good result for them. It was obviously one of those games where... <coughs> You're not quite getting into gear, snatch and grab. Yeah. Earlier in the season, I said Swansea can go up automatically. Mm-hmm. If you had to make a call on them at the moment, where do you see them finishing? I don't see them going automatically. Just based on, aside from that first six games, they've been not shaky, but they haven't been as consistent performance-wise and result-wise since then. Um, They were... Okay, yesterday, but it's games like this where I expect them to dominate chance-wise, possession-wise, um, and I just I don't think they're as effective. And I'm not overly convinced by the four-two-three-one that they play. I think they're too susceptible to being counter-attacked. Yeah, I'd agree and with they, that. They, they, they they'll get punished. Yeah, um, Wigan then, as we say, will they'll be disappointed to have not won this. They had the chances but couldn't put them away. Now Wigan have got a lot better in recent weeks and they could have very easily won this game or any of the last three Mm -hmm. but that's it you've got to get the points on the board haven't you and I fear that might be their undoing this season yeah as I was saying they they just they confuse me as a side they don't have players to play direct football they've only got Kiefer Moore up front and they've got no midfield runners getting up close enough to him I know there's Massey and, and Jamal Lowe but again it's just not enough going forward. Um, Williams and Morsi are, are two players that love to press um, from the midfield. And again, they did that in spells, but not consistently. I, I'm still not convinced by Cook. I think another manager here would get a lot more out of this Wigan side than Cook is getting at the moment. They still look more threatening from set pieces than they do from anywhere else on the pitch, hmm. which is not a sustainable form of goals. Yeah, that man Kiefer Moore scored his first goal in penalty. a Wigan shirt a set piece. which is it was a penalty I think wasn't it yeah, well, yeah. does that count as a set piece I thought Mario told me it does <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's quite shocking that that's his first goal he's got a bit of stick from Wigan fans but he's a fairly decent player at this level isn't he yeah um, as I said he, although he wasn't as prolific as he was in League 1 for Barnsley he's still got a handful of goals in their relegation season when he joined in January, I think it was. So he's still pretty decent. But then again, as I was saying, they, I don't think Wigan played to his strengths enough. There are times where Jamal Lowe could have hooked the ball in earlier um, into the box for more. But 
Moore's the only one in there. Mm. That's what I mean. They need midfield runners. They've got to get goals from elsewhere. And Joe Williams is capable of doing it. So, yep. what's holding him back? Leeds 2, QPR 0. Tyler Roberts scoring on his first start of the season. He's a bit of a forgotten man, really, isn't he, Tyler Roberts? Yeah. But a beautifully taken goal here. Could he force his way back into this side? I think so. I think that's been a bit of a missing link because goals from midfield for Leeds have sort of, it's sort of dried up a bit this season. Compared to last season, Click was scoring goals for fun. Um, and I know he started off a bit this season, but it, you know the whole Leeds team in terms of um, taking chances, sort of it, it dried up a bit this season. So Roberts to come in first start, get a goal, it's pretty good. Yeah, as you mentioned, create loads of chances. Don't put as many away as they should do. No looking goal, no look in front of goal again for Patrick Bamford. The number of chances he squanders. Is shocking, isn't it? The 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 chances that I saw, I it's a it's a, one of those what ifs. But I think Enketia would have put both of them away. Uh, a Premier League striker, no, I can't think of anyone. Like Callum Wilson, for example, yeah. would be on about fifteen goals so far this season if he had Patrick Bamford's chances. Let's if they had someone like Carlin Grant or just someone who's clinical. Or if they're starting in Ketia. I'd love to see Colin Grant in this Leeds team. That would be good. It'd be amazing. At the time of recording, Leeds are joint top. Mm-hmm. And when you consider how they have had problems with their home form and mm-hmm. putting games away, it shows you that this Leeds side are very good because they're still getting results, even though they've had problems. Well, one thing that's not waned for Leeds, although goals has, their creating chances hasn't. Teams that stop creating chances, that's when it becomes a bit of a worry and that's when form tails off. Um, but Leeds consistently, they create chances every single game. That, you know, not scoring goals, it doesn't last long. Mm. You'll pick up wins. Um, but th- this this will be a massive confidence boost. I've literally put in capitals, Leeds finally killed a game off. Um, and, that, and that is the case. Um, you know, that, that second one, you could see the Leeds celebrations with massive relief. Yeah. Um, and after that, QPR, we're never going to get back into the game. Yeah, QPR, this game for me shows why they won't finish in the top six this season. Yeah. Because when the goals dry up, they're buggered. Mm-hmm. Because defensively, they are hopeless. Do you know they're the second worst defence in the league? Yeah. They're one goal behind Barnsley. I know. I know. Shocking. They go into every game knowing they're going to concede, don't they? And that means they're just relying on the forwards, outscoring the opposition. And if that doesn't happen... They're not going to win. Exactly, exactly. One win in their last seven. Now they, they've got a tough run of fixtures coming up as well. Well, you say that. Luckily, they've got Middlesbrough next. <laughs> so, but they, this is this might be Woodgate's. Uh, uh, might turn it around for them. Imagine Borough. they need to get three points on the board here, don't they? Against Borough, yeah, you'd yeah. expect it. And if Borough score against them, there's no hope for that defence. Jesus. <laughs> Final point on this game: uh, the kick clash was terrible. You're saying this, but I didn't have any issue with it. Well, your partner did. I'm colourblind, so I thought it was just me. She's not colourblind. I really struggled to tell the difference. Just wear your home kit. Yeah. They're, they're too similar anyway for me, but there you go. What do you... What do you put, a, put a complaint into the EFL. I complain on behalf of all colourblind people. But you just said... 
it doesn't affect all. It doesn't. Uh, okay. Cardiff for Birmingham. <laughs> Two one head of a game. This two red cards, two penalties, two goals in extra time. Joe Rawls gets a hat trick. Both sides neglecting their defensive duties, but Cardiff come out on top, and their home form has been a positive this season, hasn't it? Yeah, no, absolutely. They, well, I was going to say an Indian part then, but it's not. <laughs> Cardiff City Stadium has always been um, a good place for Cardiff. Even last season in the Premier League, they got some good results there. Um, and saying this, they, they went down to ten men, and they still they looked better going forward with, without the, without the extra man. So, you know, credit credit to them. Mm. Joe Rawls was someone who's got a bit of stick from mm-hmm. Cardiff fans in recent times, but hat tricks always a good way to silence your critics, isn't it? Two penalties. Yeah, we'll let them off. Mm. Birmingham, as per usual, when Blues lose, there's a big overreaction from the fans only last week Pep Clotet was getting praised for doing a good job even though he's still the caretaker mm-hmm. now some fans are calling for his head honestly just get a grip he, the man's got a fairly average blue side into the top half Yeah, surely away form isn't great but Clotet's done a good job hasn't he and being in a relegation battle was a very real possibility for Blues this mm-hmm. season but at this rate those concerns are gone aren't they yeah, I think Clotet's getting the best out of them. They they do need to tighten up, but I don't think. Obviously, on they're obviously on a budget. Um, I don't think anyone else is going to get the best out of them right now. Um, the only thing that they're struggling with is consistency. They've only managed one draw this season. So, other than when they've recorded back-to-back wins, they've done, they've done that on two occasions. You know, they haven't put together a run of form, an unbeaten run of form, which is a catalyst for teams getting into the top half of the table. So if they become consistent, they they could have they could have got a result here. I think they had twenty five shots overall. There were, there were a lot of shots in this game. Yeah, six shots on target. Away from home, you, you scored two goals and that happens. You expect a little bit, but obviously, as I said, they need to tighten up. They tighten up. They get more results away from home. Yeah, at home. yeah, absolutely. Brentford nil, Huddersfield one. Carl and Grant with the only goal of the game. Just as Brentford looked like they were really hitting their strides, they go and do this. This has been Brentford all season. Well, I thought they were going to kick on and move up into the playoff places, yeah. but they've just let themselves down with this result, haven't they? It's it's three wins. Yeah, obviously they had three wins on the bounce coming into the game. It was probably, I think Huddersfield are the form t- form side in the division at the moment. Because um, that's seven unbeaten now, so it was always going to be a tricky game for them. But as I said, it's it's Brentford. This has been their more season where they've struggled at times, um, scoring first. Mm. Um, I think having players like Imbueno and De Silva, who are still quite raw at Championship level, um, so they're not at the level that the players were at last season. You know, I think I go back to Morpé in his first season. I think he only got twelve goals. It was that season he missed the open goal against Cardiff. Oh yeah. So perhaps we might we might have got ahead of ourselves with Brentford. Um, this 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 Brentford team will be a very very good side hmm. eventually. I'm still confident they can finish in top six but personally. Yeah, maybe. In fairness, the top of the table is so tight; it, it only crazy, takes yeah. a couple of results. It's very competitive. They're four points off the top six. Yeah. So really, hmm. a, a couple of positive results, and they're back in the thick of it. So yeah. Huddersfield. A bit fortunate to get the three points in this game. However, it is seven games unbeaten now. Yeah. It shows 
how terrible they were at the start of the season yeah, because they're still only 18. Yeah, it's a, it's a big win for him. You can see the, the Cowley's blueprint coming to the fore. Um, Grant's shifted out wide. He was isolated up front, but now he's coming in from the left, sort of a false winger, second striker, and, you know, and he's, he's getting goals. He's got four goals in his last five. And this is in a team that has averaged nine shots per game this season, yeah. which is the second lowest in the... No, it's the lowest in the, in the whole division. Yeah, he's the third top scorer in the league yeah. with nine. And when he's playing in this Huddersfield team where he's starved of chances, really. Mm. As you say, if he played for someone like Leeds, he'd be on about 15-20 yeah. already this season. It wouldn't surprise me if he were to leave Huddersfield in January because well, there, there must be teams who are looking at him. He's only young. He's, what, 22? Yeah. And one of the top scorers in the league is English as well, which for some reason always makes a difference when it comes to the fee. You'd imagine... Premier League team might be having a look at him. Any any form player who isn't on a big wage, as it may, players like Grant, Bowen, you know, you, so Mitrovic is a top scorer, but he's on about six grand a week, mm. roughly. Those two aren't going to be near that, so they're fee-wise, they're going to be a lot more generous, better value, so teams are always going to be sniffing around him. Yeah. You should expect that. If players are playing as well as that, you should expect that. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Blackburn 2, Wednesday 1. Blackburn were losing in the 87th minute before goals from mm. Tosin Adarabayo and John Buckley. The Mowbray out campaign was unavailable to comment on this result. <laughs> it's a weird one because Sheffield Wednesday were they were going to win this game. Well, yeah, th- that's it. The, the two teams <laughs> at opposite ends of the form yeah. table. Blackburn were six games without a win mm-hmm. before this. But it is a much-needed result for Blackburn and Tony Mowbray, isn't it? I think it might be a, a shot in the arm for him, but the rotation of the defence isn't going to help. The rotation of the team isn't going to help. There's a lot of changes most weeks. Um, if they can have a consistent team and a consistent run of form, then that will ease the pressure massively. Yeah. Do you think if he lost this game, he'd have been gone? Potentially, yeah, because... I think is there because f- it's Blackburn they've got a three point gap or four point gap off Derby mm. who are 16th so. basically the table at the moment is like split into two Yeah, where you've got at the bottom of the top half Derby and then Blackburn are like top of the bottom half yeah. and there's like a three point gap I think mm-hmm. so yeah you could you can see the pressure because as I say they've spent money we sort of gave them an outside chance of finishing the top half there were a lot of people's surprise dark horse this yeah. season weren't they um, but there's, there's just something about the Blackburn team that's just they're completely misshaped they look they're just weird like mm. Sam Galler on, on the left Adam Armstrong on the right it's got 4-4-2 lump it up Armstrong off the big man <laughs> goals 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 uh, <laughs> speaking of goals Tosin Adarabayo he scored obviously looked he got the goal here, but yeah. looked really good defensively as well. And with their injury problems, he's going to be really important mm-hmm. for Rovers if they want to move up the table. Yeah, he's not had a sniff, and I've not rated him. Every game I've seen him, I've not particularly rated him. When he was at West Brom last season, he didn't look assured at all. Um, perhaps being at a Blackburn side where there are more experienced players around you and are less demanding football-wise, that might sort of improve your defensive capabilities a little bit um, but yeah he played well credit to him and he got the goal yeah disappointing result for Wednesday as we say two sides at opposite ends of the mm-hmm. form table table, and I saw a few people tipping them up uh, 
to win yesterday. Swansea and West Brom are Wednesday's next games, and they could be massive considering Wednesday are looking to get in the playoffs this season. They, they will be two really good games tactically because Monk's got it spot on so far in the games where he's played the big teams. He went 4 4 2 against Leeds last week, and they were looking not to win. Um, it's, it's, it's going to be a really intriguing couple of couple of weeks for Chef Wednesday just because, as you say, this this will sort of prove their credentials for competing with the automatics. Hmm. Luton 1, Forest 2, Lewis Graben and Semi Emiobi getting the goals for Forest. Forest had two sloppy losses before this game, so getting a result was important here. The result moves them up to fifth, three points off the top. The Forest bandwagon has recovered after going over some rocky terrain. Rocky terrain, few bumps, but we're back on it. They should have been home and dry in this game. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, they they do. As I said weeks ago, they play a lot better when they're second best, almost. Yeah. When they're not on the ball. Well, Luton had seventy percent possession. Yeah, that's a team in the bottom four mm. against a team in the top five. Yeah. Well, from a Luton perspective, this was a really poor performance because yeah. they had so much of the ball, but Forest were really comfortable in this game. Yeah, no, absolutely. Forest, Forest this season have been so good at setting traps for teams and then just hitting hitting them on the counter when um, when they get the opportunity. They're, they're the patient. Um, it's it's a nice bit of a bit of throwback because it's it's proper counter attacking football and they're direct, but they play nice football. Mm. So it is it is a good Forest sign. It's the best one I say that's been since maybe even pre better Davis. Mm. Luton one place outside the relegation zone. Concerned? Graham Jones was. I think he's got every right to be. He's got he's got a funny accent. The way I said way the way you're saying it was just the way he says it in his northern accent. Okay. I haven't heard him speak, I don't yeah, think. I'm sorry. We're in a relegation battle now. Oh that was a weird Geordie accent. I apologise. <laughs> Let's never do that again. No. I, I I don't know if I've mentioned this to you. I got fifty to one on Luton, Barnsley and Wigan to be relegated. It's 10 to 1 now. You better hope Woodgate gets the sack. I am, from a gambling perspective, hoping that does happen (laughs) because something needs to change there. Reading 2, Millwall 1, Jordan Obiter and Sam Bulldock amongst the goal Mm -hmm. scorers. A meeting of two new managers, Mark Bowen still unbeaten as Reading gaffer. Yes, what a surprise. That's not sarcasm. I am surprised. Okay. <laughs> yeah, they're starting to pull away from the relegation yeah. zone now, aren't they? Then Millwall and Huddersfield were looking a bit shaky at times this season, but they're moving away from your Wiggins mm. and your Lutons. Can you see them maintaining a steady run of form throughout the season no. and maybe move even further up the table? Not really. No. You've got no faith in Mark Bowen, have you? No, I haven't. <laughs> it's a new manager bounce. But he's got it's a happened. good side. He has got a good side, but he's not a good manager. What are you basing this on? He hasn't had any jobs before. Mark Hughes. Okay. <laughs> Say no more. Anyone is from the school of Mark Hughes is not going to be a good manager. Okay. Mark, Mark Hughes has done a decent job at Blackburn 10 years ago, 15 years 15 ago. 15 years ago. That was a while ago now. Yeah. Fair enough. Ovia Jaria really stood out for Reading recently. Mm-hmm. Got an assist here. Also made Marlon Romeo look a bit of a tit. With some showboating. Have you seen it on Twitter? I have, yeah. It was quite, yeah. quite If you want to have a look at it, it's on our 
Twitter at the second tier. We tweeted it on Sunday morning. But Azaria is a class act, isn't he? Yeah, he's a, a gem in that Reading side. Mm. He's, he's, a, he's a class player. Um, so good on the ball, so composed, and his dribbling ability is in tight spaces is, is outstanding. Yeah. There, are, there are a few players like that in the Championship this season. It's quite nice to see. Yeah, Ijari has been around for a while now, mm. hasn't he? But it's only really this season that he's hit his stride mm. and starting to show what he is capable of. He's still only a young lad. He's on loan, or yeah, he's on loan from no, Liverpool. I can't see him getting in the Liverpool team anytime soon. And I think he's twenty-one. So mm. you'd imagine he, yeah, he might get a move yeah. soon. So whether that's in the Premier League, I'm not sure if that's too far of a step, but mm-hmm. we'll have to see. And Millwall, a setback for Gary Rowett in his new yeah. job. They should have got something from this game, mm. really, because Tom Bradshaw missed a really good chance early on. Sean Hutchinson and John Dardy Bodvarsson both had chances as well. But a win against Charlton next week will be important for them to maintain the feel-good factor mm-hmm. after appointing Rowett, won't it? Yeah, no, definitely. It'll, it'll be it, it'll be a, um, a fairly telling game next week against Charlton, a team that don't necessarily create a lot of chances, but they're quite clinical against a team that are you know really direct in Millwall. Mm-hmm. Um, they've started. He's starting to unlock Wallace's potential a lot more, which you know the goal he scored you know, yesterday was was quality. But there are certain occasions where they switch off at the back. And that sort of showed a little bit, you know, a beater getting a, a run completely unchallenged um, was a surprise from a Millwall side. And obviously the second goal um, was sort of similar as well. So he'll learn a lot more from defeats. I've said this before. Um, yeah, that's it really, Millwall. Yeah. Friday night was Barnsley 2, Bristol City 2, Corley Rodgerow equalising late on for Barnsley. Bristol City looked like they had this game wrapped up after Andy Vyman scored the second. Barnsley created quite a few chances but didn't really look like scoring and then they eventually got there and it's a good point at the end of the day, isn't it? For Barnsley, yeah, definitely. Hmm? Obviously. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it is 14 games without a win now for Barnsley. If they don't beat Stoke next week, it'll be their longest run without a win since 1959. And that game is looking absolutely massive for both sides, Mm -hmm. isn't it? Because if Barnsley want to have any chance of staying up this season, they've got to win that game. Mm -hmm. Stoke, a win would definitely help in their staving off relegation fears. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, I'm surprised Barnsley have, have been as poor if they have as poor as they have because there are teams that are down there I think it was only Rotherham a couple of seasons ago when they were terrible you know when they had Adam Stubbs yeah, as manager yeah. um, they could easily not even lay a punch on anyone but games like this is is it's massive steps forward for them yeah Arpo Harme who scored Barnsley's first goal the big fin centre back you see how round his face is yeah ridiculously round yeah, like a football. Anyone who's listening to this, search it now. Arpo Harme. Just look at how round his face is. It's sensational. Bristol City, they'll be disappointed not to have got the three yeah. points here. But they are sixth in the table, considering their injury problems. They've done quite well, haven't they? They have, um, but they concede a lot of goals. And conceding two against Barnsley, after being 2-0 up, it's poor game management. Really poor. Um 
as I was saying, they've conceded a lot of goals. They've conceded 21, which is the same as Huddersfield and Wigan, who were uh, down there. They've conceded more than Hull. They've had their Wigan. injury problems in defence, though, haven't they? They have. But they lost to Silver. Callas has only just come back. Mm-hmm. Had to bring in... <laughs> had to defrost an ancient Ashley Williams. Yeah. And Hanno Masengo, midfielder, but a defensive midfielder, he's come back as well. So there are things to look forward to for... Bristol City fans but as you say the defence is a problem it would help if they didn't have as many injuries there no true but as Alex Neal pointed out on his side of things they've got to improve their away form they tighten things up a bit Uh, I don't think it's out of the question for Bristol City because they've still got a fairly big squad Hmm. so if they they tighten up a little bit then they look more dangerous and this streaky aspect of Bristol City completely goes away yeah on Monday night, Stoke versus West Brom. We've spoken off about Stoke already on this podcast. The Baggies will be two points clear at the top of the table with a win. Which way do you see it going? <laughs> West Brom. It's got to be a West Brom yeah. win, isn't it? I mean, it's a caretaker manager. Mm-hmm. I don't know who's in charge. Rory Delap. Is it Rory Delap? Yeah. I tell, yeah, I'll tell you what. Rory Delap is a quite highly rated coach. So It's not gone well for him so far at Stoke, has it? Since he went there last season. Well, he's not been in charge, has he? It's just no, true. But if he's given the reins, he could prove a lot of people wrong. Maybe. What do you see, score prediction-wise? Three 0 West Brom. Three 0 core. In other news, let's start off with probably the biggest news of the week. It's been a busy week. Yeah, well, that wasn't particularly football-related. Richard Keogh. Mm-hmm. It's been sacked by. Derby. Yes. What are your immediate thoughts? Because a lot's been said on this. Is there anything else you particularly want to add? It's at first I was outraged. I thought, how can you sack Keo and not sack the other two? You can't treat one and not the other two. But then again, you start to deconstruct it a little bit more. He was captain. He's responsible for those for for the team night out for how it goes. You know, there were taxes laid on for the players he should have advised and not got in the car with Lawrence um, and as well as that he wasn't wearing his seatbelt which is rule which is the biggest crime of all which is rule 101 in getting in a car exactly with a drunk driver yeah with the Keogh thing it surprised me how many people <clears throat> were shocked that Keogh was sacked but the other two weren't because at the end of the day it's harsh but He's not got much of a future anymore, has he? No. Keo, he's out for the season. He's getting on a bit now. Mm-hmm. What his career has left is up in the air. Yeah, I can't see him being at even if he wasn't sacked. Mm-hmm. I can't. I don't think he would have played again in the Derby shirt. No, and I can't see him staying at this level. And that's just the way it is. And it's it's harsh. Yeah, and it's you know, probably not ethically well, very nice that he's been sacked, but the other two have kept their jobs. But those two have got futures. Yeah, but the thing is, although he got injured being in the car, he didn't have to get in the car. You know, Lawrence, obviously, they, they still crashed. And those two can work and Keo can't, but he didn't have to get in the car. This is one of, I think, one of the main reasons why he's liable to be sacked. He didn't have to get in the car. Yeah, it's gross misconduct. Exactly. Um, You compare that to Sean Barker, who got injured. He got injured playing. I think there's insurance cover if that happens. 
that is out the window for Derby and financially it has messed them up because he he's got injured not on the job mm. you know as you say and he can't play he refu- he turned down the pay reduction yeah, and, why is he done and medical cover why has he done that I don't know because he might see it as it being Lawrence's fault and Bennett's fault which but you took you you accept a lower paid contract yeah and there you go you're set up sure you're injured for a whole year you won't be able to play football but you get uh, you're still at the club aren't you? you're still at the club and it leaves you in good graces you might get a coaching job when you retire mm-hmm. I don't know why he's not taking it I, I, I would have taken it I had a discussion with Nick in quite yeah. a bit of detail about it and he was wonder- he was questioning why of course he'd turn it down but then again as I was saying he deconstructed it a bit it was it's it's the blame's at his own his own feet. Yeah, yeah. Benicophobi could be back for Bristol City in March, which would be absolutely sensational news for Bristol City, wouldn't it? We were just talking about their injury yeah. problems. If he comes back, that'd be really important for them because you'd imagine they'd be still challenging for the top six at that point. He tore his, he tore, he tore his ACL, right? Well, they're saying he could be back in March. Jesus Christ! Whether he'll be starting he yeah he won't be starting games in March really but the playoffs are a couple of months later you get to March you've got about six or eight games left yeah the business end of the season he'll be really rusty but he'll be a good player to have back if he oh, no, decides to get back to full fitness won't he if Bristol are in the playoffs he should get back to full fitness right in time for that but I don't think he'll make an appearance mm. it's, it's optimistic to say the least. Massively, because everyone knows the ACL injuries is so... It's not the worst thing you can possibly do, really. Well, apart from dying. <laughs> well, you can do all of your knee, like certain players have this season. Yeah. No comment. <laughs> uh, Nottingham Forest have donated 3,000 food parcels to the homeless after their game against Reading was called off due to the waterlogged pitch. Why didn't we mention this last week? Because I didn't know about it last week. I should have said something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, instead of letting the pies, pasties and sandwiches go to waste, the club decided to give it away, which is nice, isn't it? Lovely. Yeah. And finally, a French woman has sold a painting that was in her kitchen for £20 million. The piece called Christ Mocked was by 13th century Italian artist Kimabu. It was thought to have been long lost until an auctioneer spotted it in the woman's kitchen. Sensational, isn't it? £20 million. £20 million was just hanging in a kitchen. Would you take that for Bowen? Are you saying, if I had that painting, should I buy Jared Bowen for myself and let him do chores around my house? Really quick. Yeah. <laughs> do the hoovering. Yeah, there you go, sorted. Uh, let's do some polls, Justin, at the start of the show. We asked our lovely, lovely listeners, Jonathan Woodgate, give him more time or sack him? Sack him. 66% agree with you. Yeah. Can Preston go up automatically? Yes or no? Yes. 48% said yes. 48%? 48, that is close. A lot of people don't have... But it's not a majority, Ryan. All we're asking is... You always make that... <laughs> every time we do these polls and there's a close one, you just make it political. I don't make Why? it political. It's not a majority. <laughs> 52% said no, so... Some people are really pessimistic about Preston's potential 
aims this season. But as you say, people were saying the same about Sheffield United, weren't they? So, if form continues and they're in a f- like points wise, they're around it. You ask again just before the Christmas run of fixtures, and I think minds will change a bit. Okay. The- and finally, is a hot dog a sandwich? Eighty-seven percent said no. I'm starting to lose faith in this. I just want our listeners to listen to me for once and vote yes. We'll get and then I will never ask this question again. We'll get some information out this week. I'll work some magic on Photoshop. Okay. And um, we'll get something out this week. Okay. We'll try, and change, we'll try and change minds. Cheers, man. Thank you. Craig Bryson, pub quiz. Yes. It's that time of the week, people. Justin is going to ask me six clues about a player i can always see the look on his face (laughs) this player is a championship legend who has over 200 championship appearances needs to be relatively recently justin hit me with the first clue please i played 238 times in championship scoring 74 and assisting 34 Ooh, that sounds like a striker i'm gonna go with marek saganowski (laughs) <laughs> no was, there's no way he's, he's played 238 times he had like a really good spell with. I was just thinking of a striker I'm not going to get it off one am I? go on next one I represented five teams in the championship in between in between making appearances in the Premier League so basically he's Rob Holtz no oh, I thought I had it then he must be on about five clubs maybe more because yeah, maybe okay. anyway. next one that look (laughs) I was among three footballers to be banned from betting on horse racing following an investigation from the British Horse Racing Authority on suspicious betting activity have you got what year this happened it happened in early 2010s could you say it again please it's a really long sentence okay I was among three footballers to be banned from betting on horse racing following an investigation from the British Horse Racing Authority on suspicious betting activity. So basically he's been a bit naughty. I don't recall this story at all. It was eight years ago. No, no one's... That sounds like the kind of story where it would just flick a switch in my head and I'd know it straight away but no one's coming to mind mm-hmm. I'll go with somebody like <laughs> I always I always say him but Bobby Zamora no. <laughs> Bobby Zamora is an ethical player he has morals so could we potentially get sued for every <laughs> next guess because I'm just going to accuse them of <laughs> bad betting maybe Okay. Well, what we can accuse Bobby Zamora of is causing this whole Derby mess. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's anyway. all his fault. Anyway, back to it. I've also played in the Scottish Championship and Indian Super League. Chris Boyd. No. Oh, I, I thought that was I don't it. think he's played in the Indian Super League. He's the kind of player who would. He's, he played in Turkey. I think I've got another one, another guess coming up, but I'm not sure if it's right. Okay. How, many, how many clues have I got left? Two. I earned a place in the PFA team in a season twice, once in 2007 and once in 2010. I've got a second half of this clue, but I didn't want to give it you. Go on. Do it. I dare you. Go on. 
No, you're good at it. Okay. <laughs> See, right. Stephen Dobby is coming to mind, but I don't right, think... I'll, I'll give you the second half. Okay. I'm best known for my spell at Cardiff City. My next guest was going to be DJ Campbell, but he's not played for Cardiff, as far as I'm aware, anyway. Mm. Cardiff. That would be with... Oh, it's... Um, no, he's not played in the Scottish Championship. I was going to say Jay Boffroyd. No. On to your last clue, Ryan. Oh, have I done this? I cost something than £5 million scoring on my debut and then being absolutely useless after that. Say it again. I cost something than £5 million scoring on my debut for them and being absolutely useless after that. So this is just spanning the Premier League. You've got to get it. Oh, it's, um, yeah, it's Michael Chopra. It is, yeah. Yes, thank God for that. Has <laughs> <laughs> he played for five clubs? Yes. I would not be able to name them. Cardiff, Sunderland, Newcastle. They were not in the Championship. So and he had a loan spell, at, a loan spell at Watford in 2002-2003. He scored five goals in five games, which is pretty mm, good for a youngster. He had a spell at Forest on loan. Forgot about that. Um, when was that? That was 2003-2004. Okay. Obviously Cardiff, uh, Ipswich. Yeah, and I remember Blackpool. That. And he played for Alloa Athletic in the Scottish Championship. I remember Chopper. He, I remember his first goal because I thought, here we go. Mm. He's going to be absolutely quality for Sunderland. But thank... But he was absolutely useless after that. Yeah, he was. <laughs> and never really recovered, did he? No. And now that you say it, I do remember the horse racing thing yes. as well. Yes. Naughty boy, Michael. There's there's a big rap here, but I didn't want to say more of it because I didn't know how much of it would be true. And we don't want to throw around false accusations now, do we, Justin? It is on Wikipedia. So it must be true. It must be true. Thank you for listening to the Second Tier Podcast. I've had a blast today, Justin. Why are you pulling that face? Chopper publicly dumped his wife on Facebook. Well, that's not very nice, is oh, it? We should never used him now on this. No. Shame on you, Michael. Shame. Michael is really <laughs> not coming off well in this. To end on a sad note, Jesus. Yes. Yeah. R.I.P. to Michael Chopper's relationship with his ex-girlfriend. Or wife. But or wife. Now, now I'm in a bad mood. Can I put you in a good mood? Go on. Some big games next week. Yeah, very big games. Make sure you tune in. We'll be back next Sunday. I've been Ryan Dilks. I've been Justin Peach. Thank you for listening. Thank you, Laura.